Okay, let's pray before we jump back into chapter 6. Father, you are a great God, and your word is sufficient. Your word is infallible. Please help us to trust you more, to know you more, to love you, and obey you more. Make us more faithful so that you would receive more honor and praise. Be magnified in these things, we pray. Amen. Okay. All right, I'm going to ask the same question I asked last week. Raise your hand if you read chapter 6 in preparation. Well, if you prayed before and then read the chapter. Okay? Has anybody had a chance to go back and listen to the messages that were in the email? All right, Louise? All right, so you get off. Everybody else, 10 laps around the building. Go. (laughs) So I greatly encourage you. They will... be greatly edifying in regards to prayer uh, to listen to those two messages. One by Vodi Bakum, The Privilege of Prayer, and one by Joe Rigney, Why Pray If God is Sovereign. Both excellent, excellent, life-changing messages. Okay, so let's jump back in. We are on page 98 and 99. I don't remember which point we left off on, so I'll kind of jump in on 98 to one of the things I uh, underlined, and we'll go from there. All right, so right in the middle there, paragraph says, Prayer is not a vain duty to be performed for the sake of obedience only. That may seem like a good motive, but its effect is no different from the hypocritical Pharisees who prayed for show. We must pray in faith, believing that our prayers do not make a difference to God. I'm sorry, believing that our prayers do make a difference to God. Yeah, that would make a difference, wouldn't it? (laughs) And then later he says, you know, the main thing that we're missing in many cases is that faith. All right, so on 98 or 99, anyone have anything that they underlined, anything that jumped out to them, any questions on either one of those pages? Okay, Norma? Yeah, and this is where the message by Joe Rigney 
really goes in depth because he talks about why we pray, why our prayers do not change God, but God uses our prayers to act and change us. And so, if we're not praying, then we're not seeing, we're not noticing Him working as much. And if we're not praying in faith, we're most likely not seeing Him working at all. All right. Anyone have anything else on 98 or 99? Norma? Yeah, and so we have to be cognizant of the fact that God's will does not show up in one way. It's not as simple as uh, His will from one perspective. So, for example, it is His perfect will that His people serve Him faithfully. But as it says here, it's His perfect will that His name would be hallowed, right? That His will would be done. But that's not always what happens. So, his perfect will is what would be perfect, right? Then we have his decreed will. And people might have different terms. I'm just trying to remember some of the ones that I've heard in the past. His decreed will are the things that do happen. He has decreed them. Therefore, they will happen. Things at certain times. Uh, salvation. Uh, acts of obedience. And then, uh, what's the third one? I can't remember. Read the book, uh, Just Do Something. And it kind of goes through. But there are different aspects to God's will. So it's not as simple as saying His will. So when we read a passage like in James, it says, the effective prayer of a righteous man availeth much, avails much. That doesn't mean that every prayer by a righteous man is answered the way he prays it. It means that when a righteous man prays, God is going to answer that more, well, I guess I should say, he's more likely to answer that than a prayer of an unrighteous man, right? And so the title of this is Your Will Be Done. When we pray, there are a few different aspects we need to consider. Number one we should desire to know God's desired will. So that will have an impact on our prayers. So, for example, when we're praying for the lost, if it's somebody that we know and have the ability to interact with, we don't just say, God, save them. We say, God, soften their heart and give me an opportunity. Use me. Make me willing to be a witness for you. Because generally speaking, if we're praying, God wants to use us in those circumstances. So we have to understand that. Secondly, 
if we understand, the better we, the more time we spend in the word, the more we understand what his desire is. Secondly, we have to consider the fact that we don't have all the information. So when we are praying for somebody to be healed from an illness, when we are praying that uh, somebody will find a job or not lose a job or whatever, all of these things that we don't really have control over, we have to be cognizant of the fact that God knows the beginning from the end and everything in between. And so when we're praying, our goal is not to get, get God to do what we want, what we think is best. The goal is to pray in a way that honors his sovereignty, that uh, appeals to his goodness, but then submits to his, uh, his desires, to his uh, decreed will. So this is where this phrase really comes into place. You guys have heard me pray, and you know, I, I'm not taking credit for this, I picked this up from Alistair Begg. Lord, as you will, what you will, when you will. And, you know, as it is says in the disciples' prayer, your will be done. These phrases are spoken to get our minds in the right frame to realize that we don't know everything. And so when we're praying, we have to be submissive to what he actually wants and open to what actually happens, trusting him all the way. So it's not as simple as, all right, this is God's will. It's God's will to save everybody, so I'm going to pray, and if God doesn't answer that prayer, then he's the bad God. That's not how it works. God puts people in our lives to pray for them, and we hope and pray. I, I don't know how to think about this, because you know, I've only been saved for 25 years. And hopefully I'll better have a better perspective in 25 years. Right? But there's people that I've been praying for for 25 years. And they're still not saved. So does that mean God doesn't hear? No. It means it's not his time yet. And it's my job to, if necessary, pray for another 25 years for those people, trusting that God's going to do what will bring him up. And whether that's our children, whether that's our fa other family, whether that's our neighbors, it's our job to pray in faith that God will answer. But we have to understand his answer is not always what we think. Buddy, I asked four times. All right, what do you got, Jonathan?
this topic. There are, like I said, uh, the Just Do Something book does a fantastic job of going through, looking at this, and yes, I, I think because it doesn't always spell it out, like I think of the verse, it says that uh, God desires all to be saved. That's where I think a lot of people use that word, his desire will. I would probably say, just for my own thinking, his perfect will is probably a, a better way to put it, and his perfect will being defined as, apart from sin, this is what would happen. So, for some reason, I, I can't remember the third aspect, but the way I understand it is, you have his decreed will, that's what does happen, because he decrees it, and there's no stopping it, as you said, no one can stay his hand. Then here, there's his, the idea of his perfect will, uh, in that if everything was perfect apart from sin, this is what would happen, and a lot of these things are what are likely to happen in the millennial kingdom uh, and in eternity. Obviously, I don't understand how salvation works at a certain point in the future, but uh, we know that his people will obey him perfectly. There will be no sin. There will be no stumbling. So uh, I see that as his perfect will that will be accomplished at some point. So any other thoughts or questions? <laughs> can yeah. we go over like the next paragraph? Can, can, can we jump ahead to the specifics of his will? Because I think that ties into some of these issues. I think it might be helpful. I think it's page one. Okay, one three. Yeah. Three, one, four. It's comprehensive will. Uh, it's compassionate will. It's commanding will. Is the way. See, the tension that I had with that was when we talk about God's compassionate will. Again, I feel like we set up this disconnect between our experience, which is to want something and not be able to obtain it. I don't think this is the direction MacArthur's heading at all. But the direction some people have taken it is: God really wants stuff to happen, but He can't see around the corner, which is basically open theism. So limited knowledge is the reason that it doesn't happen. That's not the direction that MacArthur, I think, at all wants us to go, but that's the direction that some people have gone. And I think it, it concerns me if we say that there's this idea of God's compassionate will that's different from God's will of his purpose he's unfolding in the world that's different from what he's told us to do. I think it comes down to, here's what God's doing in the world. And when we pray your will be done, we're not really praying for that, because he's going to do it anyway. What I think we're praying more for is the second part, which is the things that you've told me to do carry those out in my life. Yes, and I think even further, help me to submit to that will with the understanding that whatever happens is your will. Yeah. Because I, I think that's where... That's where I struggle, is, all right, I believe that the Bible says God desires that all would be saved. So that means anyone that I pray for should get saved, right? That, that's a conclusion that could be drawn, but that's not reality. So there has to be a way to reconcile those things, and I think the way that we do that is to understand that he is working perfectly according to his plan, which we don't understand. 
and we are more likely to notice an answer. So, uh, I had an example in my head that just jumped right out, jumped in, jumped right out. But there have been times where uh, I know I've prayed for something, anticipating that God would answer it in a certain way, because that would lead to my acknowledgement and my praise. But then he did something completely different, but it still accomplished what I was asking, whether that was an opportunity to share the gospel or somebody getting saved or whatever. And so that is amazing that God is answering those things, not specifically how we asked or anticipated, but because we asked in faith, we were able to recognize that he did answer it, even though it didn't happen exactly how we asked. So I think part of the balance is being able to ask it in such a way that we are not putting God in a corner to say, you must answer it this way or you're not answering me. That's where I think the humility comes in to be able to say, Lord, I desire that this person be saved. Use me, use the neighbor, use a track on the ground, use something to draw them to you to open up their eyes. Not specifically praying, Lord, help me to lead this person to Christ today. And then it doesn't happen and we get discouraged. Perfectly 
gracious at the same time. I don't know that I've ever seen a human being be able to do that. So, <laughs> you know, this, these are things that we, we try to comprehend and we fail. So there's a little bit where we have to, uh, like, so in the Rigby message, he says, all right, what is it? Is God here and close to us, or is he transcendent? Yes, right? It's, the, it's that, that enigma, like we can't fully comprehend it. And so we just have to believe it by faith. And one day we will see. Hallelujah. Yes. So page 102, can we do page 102? Yeah, I was... I just had a few Okay, go ahead. Yep. It says, if you want to have that passion in your prayers, you need to realize the real benefit of prayer is not the changes God may make in your circumstances, but the changes he'll make in you and in your perception of them. The thing, the thing that I was thinking about and how that ties in with those two passages we keep referencing is 1 Timothy 2 says, it's good and acceptable in the sight of our God
And the more informed we are, the better we are able to be able to recognize that. So it's not something that happens overnight, obviously. It'll happen a little quicker if you listen to good teaching and read good books that help you understand the Bible. I am not Not everybody is a theologian. Or I should say, not everybody is a great theologian. How about that? <laughs> everybody should be studying God. Every Christian should be studying God. So to a certain extent, we are you know, many theologians. But we can learn so much from those who have gone before us that God has taught. It is, I would say, impossible for any of us to learn everything that Scripture teaches. And so, by us studying books like this and other books uh, that continue to bring us back to Scripture and challenge us and, and teach us, those are ways that we can learn from others that God has taught. So, my encouragement overall is absolutely read and study the Bible. You'll find good books that will help you to understand the Bible more so because it's coming from somebody else's knowledge and experience and you're not limited to just your own. So I would never tell somebody that only reads the Bible, you're wrong. However, I think you miss out. If you never read a study Bible, if you never uh, read a commentary, if you never uh, listen to somebody, you know, somebody preaching, then you're limiting your understanding because there's so much to grasp. And I guess that's the downside if you're reading too much and listening to too much. You, you can't make sense of it all and, and focus on things. So, bottom line, our goal should be to be more informed so that we can pray in a way that honors God and live uh, in such a way as well. Let's go back to uh, 101, and yeah, we'll get to some of those other things, but I don't want to skip around too much. Anyone have anything on 100 or 101 that jumped out? Question out of, out of the blue. 
So, again, the ultimate goal is for us to become like Christ. And what did Christ do? He obeyed his Father perfectly. He spent a lot of time in prayer.
something happen and wonder, was God going to do that anyways, or is it because I prayed about it? I don't know if you guys ever had that thought. I've had that thought many times. So, would he have done it even if I didn't pray? And that's a futile question because it's like, ah, it's an unending number, unending possibilities, right? Yesterday, obviously. Um, but we have to recognize that while God is not dependent on our prayers to act, that is how he chooses to accomplish his will at times. And as it says, I don't remember which page, in many cases, it's to change us by answering that prayer. All right. Let's move to 104, getting into, uh, I guess we've got his, all right, anybody want to say anything about his comprehensive will? And this is, you know, what I label his decree will. Uh, it says whatever God purposes to do will come to pass. You know, you know that plan. So this is the aspect. And yeah, realize, recognize that we are attempting to put labels on it to give so that we can compartmentalize. just breeze through this 
or 